Welcome everyone to the Lo-Fi poli Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pickering, and that's right. Lo-Fi's and low-fidelity, low-quality, in-your-face, messy-as-can-be global news show. Here we're going to talk about that famous question, what's going on in the world today? We'll be covering five headlines from across the globe and then choose one to go into a more detailed analysis. It's Thursday, everyone, meaning it's Thursday's feature on Reporters Without Borders and media freedom around the world. Today, for our third story, we're focusing on the South American country of Brazil. But first, the news fresh off the press. Source, BBC News, Africa section. Wagner, shadowy Russian military group, fighting in Libya. As we've covered the Libyan civil war and its link to 2010-2011 Arab Spring, here in 2020 the conflict continues, as opposition forces to the United Nations-backed Libyan government are now said to have support, numbering from 800 to 1,000 people, from the Russian military group called Wagner. The Russian government denies any ties to the group. The implications. The Wagner group is said to have previously acted in Ukraine and Syria. Although, again, the Russian government denies any ties. Governments denying the international actions of their citizens is something we'll see again in another story later. This news raises many concerns as to the believed capabilities and expertise that the opposition military forces in Libya now have. Even if the Wagner group is acting independent of the Russian government, the fact that they have such a group with such military knowledge and experience raises the concern that this conflict may sadly not be close to an end, but rather moving to the next chapter. We'll be watching these developments closely here at Lo-Fi Poli-Sci. Our next story, source, AP News International. Israeli Supreme Court, Netanyahu may form government. This is a story we've been continuing to cover for some time now. Although a coalition government slash power sharing arrangement had been made to avoid a fourth election in over a year in the country, the outcome of that coalition was hinging on the decision of the Supreme Court, which has now been made. The implications. Netanyahu is currently being officially voted in as prime minister by the Israeli parliament. He will hold that position for a year and a half and then hand it off to the opposition. He is still under indictment for corruption charges, but the Supreme Court's decision paves the way for the government to work more efficiently moving forward. A question to students of Lo-Fi Poli-Sci. Where do we see Israeli politics moving from here? An important question to ponder. And write in and let me know your thoughts. And now it's time for Thursday's feature on Reporters Without Borders, focusing on Brazil. Geography's lesson, Lo-Fi Nation. Brazil has a lot of borders, so get ready. To the north, east, and southeast, Brazil borders the Atlantic Ocean. To the south, Uruguay. To the southwest, Argentina and Paraguay. And to the further west-southwest, Bolivia. To the west, Peru. To the northwest, Colombia. And to the north, Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, and French Guiana. That's right, Lo-Fi Nation, Brazil borders 10 other countries. That's a lot going on. And in 2018, Brazil had a World Bank-recorded GDP per capita of just under $9,000 a year, making it a middle-of-the-way country as far as economic development goes. Let's remember that Reporters Without Borders ranks 180 countries and territories by level of media freedoms in the country, both constitutionally and in practice. And in 2020, Brazil comes in at 107, down two places from 2019. Below it, at 108, is the country of Mali, and above it, at 106, is the country of Angola. To quote Reporters Without Borders, Brazil continues to be an especially violent country for the media, and many journalists have been killed in connection with their work. In most cases, these reporters, radio hosts, bloggers, or information providers of other kinds were covering stories linked to corruption, public policy, or organized crime in small or mid-sized cities where they are more vulnerable. President Bolsonaro's election in October 2018, after a campaign marked by hate speech, disinformation, violence against journalism, and contempt for human rights, has ushered in a particularly dark era for democracy and press freedom in Brazil. 
Media ownership continues to be very concentrated, especially in the hands of big business families that are often closely tied to the political class. The confidentiality of journalist sources is under attack in the country, and many investigative journalists have been subjected to abusive judicial proceedings. End quote. And that's really just the tip of the iceberg of what's going on in Brazil, lo-fi listeners. Political events in this country are more than simply interesting. They're astonishing. Brazil, we have our eye on you for sure. And now for our headline in the spotlight segment, a story we mentioned on Messy Monday that we promised to come back to once we actually knew more. And here we are, Lo-Fi Nation. Two sources for you. First source, BBC News, Latin America, Venezuela TV shows U.S. citizens confessing over failed coup. Second source, AP News International. Sources, U.S. investigating ex-Green Beret for Venezuela raid. To briefly go over the events, a retired Venezuelan general, several supposed deserters from the Venezuelan military, and two U.S. citizens left Colombia to try and stage a coup or assassinate or kidnap President Maduro of Venezuela. Which it is, it is difficult to say at this point, but we can safely say they did not go to Venezuela to give the president a high five. This group was backed by a former U.S. military Green Beret residing in Florida who did not go on the mission. And just so you know, I put mission in quotation marks because who knows what to call this yet. The men going into Venezuela were captured, including the two U.S. citizens. The former Green Beret is now apparently under investigation for supplying military equipment and aid to foreign fighters. We do not know much about this. All the organizations involved in this investigation cannot discuss ongoing investigation. The background and implications of this story. This comes after a year and a half after the leader of the Venezuelan National Assembly declared himself interim president and called Maduro the illegitimate leader due to fraudulent elections. The political crisis is still ongoing. This is also just weeks after the U.S. Justice Department had indicted President Maduro for narco-terrorism and added a $15 million reward for his capture or information to his capture. President Maduro says that this was a coup attempt by the U.S. government. The president of the U.S. says the government was not involved in any actions that U.S. citizens may have taken in Venezuela. Remember I said we'd come back to countries denying their citizens' actions internationally and having nothing to do with the government? Yes, U.S. and Russia are in the same camp on this one. The real implications. There's too many question marks to answer responsibly right now. It's within President Maduro's self-interest to say it was the U.S. government. It's also within the U.S. government's self-interest to say that they are not involved. Many people say sometimes the truth is in the middle. And really, that may not be the case at all either. We cannot speculate about this case, but we surely can keep watching it as it develops, which we most certainly will do here at Lo-Fi Poli-Sci. I'm curious, listeners. What story do you think is real? Write in and let me know your thoughts. And a last piece of news from the New York Times Science Section. Risky business, NASCA and Tom Cruise talk movie shoot in space. I'm just going to go ahead and say it up top. Really, Tom? Really? NASA has said that they have had discussions with Tom Cruise about the possibility of shooting part of a film in the International Space Station. They did not say which film. The implications. Tom, let's talk for a minute. Just us. And Lo-Fi Nation, of course. You break an ankle on Mission Impossible 6 doing your own stunts at the age of 55. Jumping from one rooftop to another at that. At age 56, you actually fly fighter jets for Top Gun 2. And now, at the nice young age of 57, you want to go to space to film a movie. I won't say it, but I will ask. Tom, would you like a 1980s red convertible car vet? Sports car? 
in order to go along with all of this. And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Please write in with your questions, comments, or requests of countries for our new segments or top 10 global lists that you want to see at lofipolisci at planetmail.com. That's lofi, L-O-F-I, poly, P-O-L-I, sci, S-C-I, at planetmail.com. Let me say thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, wash those hands, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Lo-Fi Poli-Sci Podcast. Pickering, signing off.